0: We pray you enjoyed this message. If you would like to partner with Mount Hope Church, you can make your tax-deductible donation online at GaylorChurch.com. From there, just click on Give Online Now. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to be with you again next week. Take your Bibles, if you would, please, and let's go to Revelations 16. Pastor Norm asked me if I would do chapter 16 for him. He preached on chapter 15. And as I was sitting listening to him, I thought, well, what happened to the other guys that are going to preach, you know? Uh, They did a tremendous job. Yes, you did. But my assignment, and I am privileged to be able to preach from the book of Revelations. In fact, uh, it's an awesome book. And the Bible says we're blessed if we read it. Chapter 16, verse number one. If you got your Bibles, turn with me. If you got your tablets or your phones, turn there also because we're going to be looking at quite a few scriptures this morning, and we don't have them all on the screen. So Revelations chapter 16, verse number 1, and I heard a great voice, it is finished, it is, finished. It is, done. It is done. I told him, I said, well, let's, <clears throat> let's say get her done instead of it is done. If you look at chapter 16, verse number 17, you see that phrase, it is done. The angels basically are going to get her done. We've gone through different stages in the great tribulation. And as a result of that, it's time to get it finished, get it done. He's going to come the second time and we're coming with him to set up the millennial kingdom. But there's some things that need to be finished before that happens. Now we just got done singing a song that Andre Crouch wrote, The Blood Will Never Lose Its Power. Andre Crouch was a great gospel writer. I remember when I was a youth pastor in Romeo, Michigan, the Romeo Assembly of God, Maranatha Assembly of God always had a a peach festival tent in which we shared the gospel with the people of the community. And I remember one particular day we were in the tent and I had the music going and it was Andre Crouch. And our pastor's wife come running in there and she said, Ron, what do I hear? What's going on? She said, get that music off. Can you believe that? She thought that was wild rock and roll back in, back in the day. Let's get some softer music on. Well, if she would hear the song that I'm about to play, I would have probably got fired. I'm going to invite a friend of mine, and he couldn't make it this morning, so we're going to YouTube, and we're going to listen to a little bit of Charlie Daniels this morning as he sings Tribulation. Listen to the words. Fire. Shoot. Turn her up a little bit. Let's have church.
1: In the Holy Bible, it tells of a day when the beast shall walk among us and many shall fall away. Famine, war, and desolation, nation rising against nation, trouble everywhere, too. As in the time of Noah, in the days before the flood Sin will cool the love of men, and the streets will run with blood Rape and murder, grief and sorrow, just like Solomon and This world is gonna burn I believe that we are living in the days, John wrote about The end times I don't want to be tribulation, when that flaming star comes down, tribulation, when the seven seals are broken, and the seven vials are open, and the seven seven trumpets trumpets sound. Lightning streaks from east to west across the sky. God's faithful ones will disappear in the twinkling of an eye. Many are called, but few are chosen. Brother, don't let your heart be frozen. Don't you want to go? This world will be in bondage under Satan's evil power. The Antichrist will rule until that final glorious hour. When pain and sorrow disappear. And God will wipe away our tears Joy forevermore That flame, a star comes down Tribulation When the seven seals are broken And and the the seven seven vows are open open, And the seven seven trumpets trumpets sound. sound Star comes down. tribulation, when the seven seals are broken and the seven vials are open and the seven trumpets sound, read the book of Revelation for yourself.
0: got two Christian albums. Well, he's got more than two, but the ones that talk about end time prophecy uh, is this one called Still Witness, and the other one is called uh, The Open Door, and they're both awesome albums and have a tremendous message. Praise God. Slide number one. Can you see it up there? I guess you can. This morning, we're going to talk about the seven vials. Uh, In other translation, it talks about the seven bowls, but Judgment is coming to this earth, and it's going to be like no other judgment that we ever had seen, terrifying judgment, judgment of such horror that it staggers our imagination. When is this going to happen? This is going to happen at the end of the world, which we call the tribulation. There's the tribulation, and there's the great tribulation. The seven vials are open towards the end of the tribulation, the seven years, or what we call the Great Tribulation. It's going to be judgment that mankind has never seen before. And as Charlie Daniel said, I don't want to be here. Now, the first seven judgments were the seals, and that was when the Antichrist was revealed. Then there was war, then there was famine, then there was death, then there was The church the saints being martyred then there was some heavenly disturbances and that opened up the door to what we call the seven judgments the seven judgments is judgment number one one one-third of the earth is smitten judgment or trumpet number two one-third of the sea is smitten then three one-third of the rivers are turned to blood the sun the moon the stars the locusts for five months. Then there's going to be an army of 200 million horsemen that are going to slay one-third of the population. And then we come into the part where we call the vile judgments. Now in verse number 1 of chapter 16, we see these words. The voice of God. It's God given some instruction. When God gives instructions, we should heed to it. And the seven angels that heard the instructions of God heeded to his instruction. Now, only God can give this order. There's a lot of facts about God. And one fact I want you to remember is God is always just and righteous, God will right all things that have been wrong. God did have mercy and compassion. God has given people opportunity to repent. Even during the tribulation days, God gives them that opportunity. Today, God gives us that opportunity. And we don't want to go through the tribulation. So we must take the mercy and the compassion of God and apply it to our heart today. Another fact we know, that is God loves and cares for this earth. God will not allow ungodliness and unrighteousness and open sin, as we see it today, go on forever. God is going to put a stop to it, for God is true and righteous. Now, in verse number one, we also see this word wrath. For in them is filled the wrath of God. Verse number one, beginning from the top. And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled the wrath of God. In these bowls, vials, is filled the wrath of God. Now the word wrath is found 13 times in the book of Revelation. And it talks about the wrath of God. Thirteen times. There's another word that we see in verse number one, seven angels. Throughout the book of Revelations, as Pastor Norm has reminded us, there are many groups of seven. Let me review. There's the seven churches. There's the seven spirits. There's the seven golden candlesticks. There's the seven stars. There's the seven lamps of fire. Seven seals. Seven horns. Seven eyes seven trumpets, seven thunders, seven heads, seven crowns, seven last plagues, seven golden vials, seven mountains, and seven kings. As I was reading chapter 16 several times this past couple of weeks, I noticed a word that we see time and time again in chapter 16, and it's the word great. We see that word great How many times? 10 times. Verse number one, there was a great voice. Verse number nine, great heat. Verse number 12, the great river Euphrates. Verse number 14, the great day of God Almighty. Verse number 17, the great voice. Verse number 18, the great earthquake. Verse number 19, the great city. Verse number 19, great Babylon. Verse number 21, great hail. Verse number 21, exceedingly great plagues. Over and over we see that what is about to happen has never happened on planet Earth before. Now the seals and the trumpets were bad, but the vials are going to affect the whole planet. We see somewhat that in the seals and in the trumpets, there was some limited. For example, During the trumpets, only one-third of the waters were were affected. Only one-third of the population died. One-third of the stars and the moon lost their light. But now we see that this is going to be a great plague, and they're filled with God's wrath. Slide number two. The first bowl, the first vial. Verse number two tells us, And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth. And there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had not the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped his image. Now the first bowl talks about judgment. The judgment that is going to come is going to come to the whole earth, and there's going to be ulcerous sores, torture, harmful, uh, or uh, painful, and it's going to be repulsive, sores. Have you ever had sores that wouldn't go away? I can't identify with it, but I can somewhat. When I was in Vietnam, we got boils, and these boils were just, they were horrible. But now we find out that the first bowl, the object of the judgment is those who worship the beast verse number two now let me ask you a question was not the mark of the beast taken so that it could bring relief and help to the people was not the, that the reason they took the mark of the beast so they could buy so they could sell so they could do their commerce as normal But now we find out that this mark that they had taken was no help to them whatsoever. This vial was poured upon those who had the mark of the beast. Now we know that the tribulation saints have been sealed. So they're immune from this. Let's go back to Revelation chapter 7 (coughs) verse number 3. 7 3 saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their forehead. Pastor Norm talked about that. Then let's go to Revelations 9 4. Revelations 9 4. And it was commanded that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither the green thing, neither any tree. But only those men which have not the seal of God in their forehead. Verse number 1 of chapter 14. 14.1. 14, and I looked, and lo, a lamb, and on the Mount Zion, and with him a hundred and forty and four thousand, having his father's name written on their foreheads. Then in verse number 4 of chapter 22 we see that those who were saints were sealed. Again, chapter 22, verse number 4. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. So time and time again throughout the book of Revelation, we see that those who will not worship the beast are going to have our Heavenly Father's name. (laughs) On their foreheads. Likewise, those who worship the beast is going to have a number on their forehead. Vial number two, slide number three. This judgment is poured upon the sea, and it became as the blood of dead men, and every living thing died in the sea. So the bull was upon the sea, The judgment was the sea becomes his blood, and the object, all sea creatures. Now, this refers to the salt water, for the next vial is going to be poured out upon the fresh water. Now, think of the blessings. Think of the resources that we have in our sea. Transportation. Things are brought from one country to another country via the great freighters that carry cargo. Think of the abundance of food that is in the sea. Unlimited resources of food, not only for the fish and the sea creatures, but also for the land livers. Food is abundant. But that is going to be gone. Notice the recreation that we have along the ocean. There's nothing like a good cup of coffee on the balcony overlooking the sunset as we hear the waves roll in. The sea is a wonderful thing, but that's going to be affected as the third bowl or second bowl is poured out upon us. Slide number four, the third bowl is this, and the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of waters, and they became his blood. And I heard the angel of the waters say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and wast and shall be, because thou hast judged thus. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink. For they are worthy. And I heard another out of the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. Now this bowl is upon the fresh waters. The judgment, the waters again become as blood. The object, the unjust, the murderous world. Why did God allow this to happen? Because God now executes judgment. Why does this happen? Because of evil on the earth. They shed the blood of innocent saints, and now there's no water to drink. The seawater has become blood. The rivers, the fountains, you dig a well, there's blood. What is a mankind going to do? We know one thing, that the angel of the waters cried out, <coughs> excuse me, verse number five, they said, you are worthy. God executes righteousness through judgment. They are worthy of this judgment. Why? Because God is the one who brings vengeance. Now, in Second Thessalonians chapter one, verse number 9, it talks about a God of justice. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, beginning with verse number 9. Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. When He shall come to be glorified in the saints, He is going to be the one who punishes, the one who executes judgment because of his vengeance. Therefore, the angels of the water, verse number five, says you're worthy to do this, and they're worthy to receive it. The unrighteous people are about to receive their just due. It's gonna be upon all the seas, and as a result, all mankind is going to suffer. In Hebrews chapter 10, we see another verse concerning God's vengeance. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 30 and 31. For we know that he hath said, Vengeance belongeth to me. I will recompense, saith the Lord, and again the Lord shall judge his people. For it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. God has been patient. God has been compassionate. God has been long-suffering. Aren't you thankful for that? But there comes a time when he's going to undo his just vengeance upon the earth. He already has done partially through the first 14 punishments. But the last seven are going to be terrible. We find out that in verse number 7, it says that somebody out of the altar may say, and we see in chapter 6 of Revelation, that the martyred saints were underneath the altar. They're about ready to get raptured. They're about ready to go to heaven. But they are still there saying, God, when are you going to bring judgment and justice upon those who have slain us? So out of the altar we see again that the true and righteous need. Now we find out here that the saints are worthy of rest and reward, whereas the wicked are worthy of divine judgment. Slide number five talks about the fourth bowl. This is poured out upon the sun. The judgment is a scorching heat. Verse number eight, and the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun. And power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. And the men were scorched with great heat and blasphemed the name of God, which hath power over these plagues. And they repented not to give him glory. This judgment was a scorching heat. The object of this punishment was rebellious and hardened mankind. The reaction, instead of men bringing glory to God, they begin to blasphemy God. Now, have you ever been sunburned? Just a little bit or a whole bunch? Both. Wasn't fun, was it? God is going to cause these to be scorched Scorched. There's going to be no water to quench their thirst. In Luke chapter 16, verse number 24, talks about a situation of someone begging for water to quench their thirst. Luke chapter 16, verse number 24, And he cried and said, Father Abraham, Father Abraham, Father Abraham. Have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he might dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Life on earth is going to be almost like hell. They're going to be scorched. No water to quench their thirst. But notice something. They repented not. Would a God have had mercy upon them if they would have repented? Yes. We're going to read about some who did repent in a few minutes. But notice their reaction. They repented not. There was not a change of lifestyle. There was not a change of heart. They refused. Look at what it says. They refused to give glory to the true source of life And victory. The grass was affected, the trees are affected. Those who refused to be marked were not given the opportunity to buy and sell. Now God pays them back. For those who are marked by the mark of the beast have no life source anymore. And this miraculous one called the Antichrist, the miracle worker, could not do anything about it. God's justice was being written. Slide number six talks about the fifth bull. Verse number 10, And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast, And his kingdom was full of darkness. And they gnawed their tongues. For pain. And blasphemed the God of heaven. Because their pains and their sores. And repented not. Of their deeds. God gives them another opportunity. The judgment was. There was thick darkness. And agony. It went from being scorched. To darkness. The object was the beast and his kingdom. Again, the reaction, God was blamed. Why does God get blamed for everything? How many times do we blame God? They not only blamed God, but again, they blasphemed and repented not. pains, sores. Jesus talked a little bit about this darkness in Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24, verse number 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of heaven shall be shaken slide number 7 our sixth angel verse number 12 revelation chapter 16 and the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river euphrates and the water thereof was dried up so that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared and i saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils, working miracles, which go forth into the kings of the earth and the whole world, to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked, and they see his shame." And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. The sixth bowl is upon the Euphrates River. The judgment, the Euphrates River dries up. The reason, to allow a great Confederate army to make its way down to Israel, where the battle of Armageddon is about to be fought. Notice something. The source of all this was a moving spirit behind the confederation. It talks about the dragon in verse number 13. The dragon is Satan. It talks about the beast in verse number 13. The beast is the antichrist. Then it talks about the false prophet. We are not identified who the false prophet is. There's a lot of interpretations Is it an object? Is it an individual? Or is it a multitude of things? Some even said that it could be the church that is an apostasy, which doesn't preach the gospel anymore. I don't know who it is, but we know that they are unclean spirits, verse number 13. They are demons, verse number 14. And their purpose, verse number 14, is to gather for war, the Battle of Armageddon. Euphrates. The Euphrates is the longest and by far the most important river in Western Asia. It is 1,780 miles long and ranges from 300 to 1,200 yards wide. Its depth ranges from about 10 to 30 feet. From the Persian Gulf inland, it can be navigated by small vessels for about 1,200 miles. How could a river of such enormous size ever be dried up? Today, of course, man can build huge lakes, rivers, canals, such as the Panama Canal. Man can divert huge lakes and rivers. Remember this, in the end time, natural disasters will be increasingly striking the earth. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know if God could stop the Red Sea so that the children of Israel could pass over, God can stop the Euphrates River somehow so that the prophecies of Ezekiel and Daniel and Joel and Isaiah and Zechariah can be fulfilled. Anybody serve in the Iraq War or the Persian Gulf War? The Euphrates River is a powerful river. And it's going to have an effect. Now, we see the Euphrates also, I think, in chapter 6, about the sixth trumpet, I, I think it is, where unclean demonic spirits come out of this river also. So this river is a river that is going to be judged someday. Notice why they're coming. Look at verse number 16. This army is going to march down this Euphrates River right into the Megiddo where the Battle of Armageddon is going to be placed. Verse number 16, And he gathered them together in a place called in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. Now, you got the Mediterranean Sea here. You got the coastline. And up the coastline you go, and there's a mountain range. And on the mountain range, there's a mountain called Mount Carmel. That was where Elijah called down fire from heaven. Remember that story? And if you look from the mountain, and we did that, Mary and I were privileged to go to Israel for our 25th wedding anniversary 20 years ago now. As we stood on Mount Carmel, and you talk about a man who must have been strong and powerful To go down to the river and, and get these barrels full of water and climb up the mountain, climb up the mountain, climb up the mountain and put it on the altar, go down the mountain again and get another barrel and bring it up. He must have been a man. But anyway, as you looked upon Mount Carmel, you could see a great valley. And on the other end of the valley, there was a mountain range. And on the other side of the mountain range, there was the Jordan River. And, of course, right there is the Sea of Galilee also. And if you come down the Jordan River, you see the Dead Sea and Jerusalem is right here. So this this valley, this Megiddo, is 200 miles long and about 10 miles wide. This is where the great battle of Armageddon is going to be fought. Slide number 8. Slide number 8 talks about the seventh seal. And the seventh angel poured out his vial, verse number 17, upon the air. And there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, It is done. That's what our gentleman said as we began the sermon. It is done. I suggested that they say, Get her done. done. Yeah, that's what I suggested. But the theologian said, no, we better not say, get her done. We better say, it is done. Thank you, Philip, for being so spiritual. Yes. The angel said, get her done. It's time for the end to end. And it's time for the marriage supper of the feast to begin. But they had things to do yet. So we see that this seventh angel "...was about to pour out the vial, and a great voice from the temple, God Almighty, said, It is done. And there were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as was not seen since men were upon the earth, so mightily as an earthquake, and so great. And the great city was divided into three parts, some people believe that was Jerusalem, but most people believe that it was the kingdom of Babylon, which I believe to be true, because there's a couple references in Revelations, if you're taking notes, Revelations 17, 18, and Revelations 14, 8, that talk about the great city of Babylon. So the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give under her the cup of wine of the fierceness of his wrath and every island fled away and the mountains were not found and there fell upon men a great hail out of the heaven and every stone was about the weight of a talent and men blasphemed god because of the plague of the hail for the plague thereof was exceedingly great now notice something here the seventh Vial starts with the voice from God saying, it is done. And then we see the phenomenon of God's glory. The voices were thunder and lightning. There was a great earthquake. Now, I googled uh, greatest earthquake, and it gave me a list of 25 earthquakes. And the Deadliest earthquake in the history of mankind happened in China in the year 1586. This earthquake destroyed an area of 520 miles. And there was recorded 830,000 deaths. 830,000 deaths. Now, one of the earthquakes that was mentioned, I think it was listed number Four or five or three or somewhere around there was Haiti in 2010. We can remember 2010. 316,000 died in the earthquake in Haiti. I was privileged to go to Haiti right after the earthquake and we did a missions trip there. And you talk about devastation. You talk about, oh they can't even talk about it. It was so nasty. But this earthquake is going to be one like has never been seen by mankind. Verse number 19 talks about the just wrath upon Babylon. Now, when we get to chapter 18 of the book of Revelations, it's going to tell us about God's judgment upon Babylon. Verse number 20 and verse number 21 talk about the breakup of the earth. The islands, the mountains. How are islands going to disappear? Well, a lot of islands are only ten feet above sea level. And I just got to thinking, you know, if God wants to send the flood, He'll send the flood. But did not He send the rainbow to promise mankind that He would never destroy the world via flood? That's not to say He can not cover up some out uh, some uh islands they talk about glacier warming if glacier warming continues we're going to lose a lot of the the land along the coast maybe some of, even the but the scorching heat could do that i don't know and i really i was going to say don't care but i care how do you explain this stuff mountains are going to disappear are they gonna tremble down because of the earthquake? Are they gonna disappear because of the water rising? I don't know how it's gonna happen, but it's gonna happen. And then there's gonna be a great hailstorm. Talks about the hailstorm equals one talent. Now, some of you have got your Bibles open, and, and how much weight is a talent? 50 to 60 pounds. Someone else said 100 pounds. Someone else said 18 pounds. I don't know, but 18 pounds up to 100 pounds is a pretty good size hailstorm. Just recently, on 475 down in Clio, outside of Flint, some kids dropped a six-pound piece of concrete from the bridge, and it killed the passenger in the car. A six-pounder. What's going to happen if an 18-pounder falls or a 60-pounder falls? For a hundred pounder falls. It's gonna be a great hail stone. Now, the word talent in the Greek and the Hebrew or Troy ounce, uh, it, it's all varies. But anyway, it's gonna be huge. What's gonna be the reaction of mankind? They blame God. They blasphemy. They repent not. Now, in Revelation chapter 16, it talks about the seven vials, it talks about the seven last judgments upon unbelievers. But I'm thankful that in this chapter of judgment, there's also a blessing. Slide number nine. Look at verse number 15 the blessing. There's a blessing for us in this chapter. It said, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments. There's a blessing. Now, in the book of Revelation, surprisingly, or not surprisingly, but because God's word is God's word and he inspires it fully, there are seven beatitudes, seven blessings in the book of Revelation. And this is one of them. This sort of corresponds to Jesus' Sermon on the Mount when he gave the seven beatitudes. Blessed are the. Write these down. I'm not going to look them up. Blessing number one, verse number one, or chapter one, verse number three. Blessed is he that reads this prophecy. Blessing number two, chapter 14, verse number 13. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. Chapter 16, verse number 15, the third blessing. Blessed is he that watches for the Lord's coming. Blessing number four. Chapter 19, verse number nine. Blessed are those bidden to the Lamb's marriage supper. Blessing number five. Chapter 20, verse number six. Blessed is he that has part in the first resurrection. Do I got them up there? No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> Blessed is he that hath part in the first resurrection. Blessing number six. Chapter 22. Verse number seven. Blessed is he that keeps the words of this book. And the last blessing is found in chapter 22. Verse number 14. Blessed are they that wash their robes. Now let's go back to my assignment in chapter 16. In 16, there are some warnings and there is a blessing. The warning is found in verse number 1 of chapter 16. And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, go your way and pour out the vials of the wrath of God. Chapter 15 Verse number A, a warning. Behold, I come as a thief. But there's also a blessing. Thank God for blessings. Isn't all curses and judgments and vengeance. There's a lot of blessings. And the blessing is found in chapter 16, verse number 15, the second part of it. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Now in verse number 15, it says, behold, I come as a thief. Now we've heard that word before because we find out that this word thief has to do with the rapture, which we believe is before the tribulation. Let's go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 2. 1 Thessalonians 5.2. The five T's. 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, 1 and 2 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 5.2. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Now he's talking to the church. He's talking to us. If we go back to Revelation chapter 3, verse number 3, we see that word thief once again, 3-3, three, three. Revelations. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief. So he's speaking to the church the church in Sardis, and this is before the tribulation. So there's a pre-tribulation rapture, and he's going to come as a thief. All those who are born again and have called upon the Lord Jesus Christ, you believed and you received, and you confessed the Lord as your Savior, are going to be raptured. Now, there's going to be a mid-tribulation rapture also. For the Bible says, blessed are they that have part of the first resurrection. Now, I got a question. And the question is this. Is it up there? Yeah. Will people get saved during the tribulation? Now, when I was a kid, I don't know if they taught this, but somehow it was in my mind that if you missed the tribula- you rapture, you're done. There's no hope for you. Well, I'm going to say if you've committed the sin of apostasy, there is no hope for you. Because if you can't allow yourself to be convicted by the Holy Spirit that's in the world now, how are you going to allow the Holy Spirit to convict you during the tribulation? I don't know. But we don't have to take that chance. But there are going to be people saved during the tribulation. There's going to be tribulation witnesses. There's going to be the two witnesses in Revelation chapter 11. Make a time check here. 12 o'clock. Okay. There's going to be the two witnesses. Write these verses down. Revelation chapter 11 verses 3 through 12. There's going to be the 144,000 Jewish evangelists. Revelations chapter 14. Revelations chapter 7 verse number 3. And there's even going to be an angel that's going to pronounce good tidings of great news and great joy in Revelations chapter 14, 16. Slide number 10. He's going to come as a thief. Now, If you read the book of Revelations, you can go to four different scriptures and find out that those who were martyred during the tribulation are going to be seen in heaven. They're going to be resurrected. They're going to be sent to heaven. And here's the verses slide number 10 come as a thief. Revelations eleven, seven. Verse number eleven, verse number twelve. Well, you can see them. I don't have to read them. Wished I could, but do it. You'll be blessed. And then slide number eleven. There's gonna be two comings of Jesus Christ. The first coming he's gonna come for the saints. Those who are dead are gonna rise, and we which are alive are going to rise to meet him in the air. So the first time he comes, or the first part of the first coming is, he's coming for the saints. When he comes the second time, he's coming with the saints. And at that time, the Bible tells us in the book of Revelation that every eye will see him. When he comes for the saints, not every eye is going to see him, but they're going to notice something has happened. The next time he comes, he's coming with the saints, and every eye is going to see him. We are blessed. We need to be a part of the first resurrection. Revelation chapter 20, verse number 6 tells us this, chapter 20, verse number 6, blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection, on such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. Wow. I'm sure that when we get to Revelation chapter 20, We'll talk about the first resurrection. Now, there's two blessed groups in heaven. Revelation chapter 7, and we'll close with that. Well, maybe we will. Huh? Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. I don't think we will. Give me five more minutes, okay? Revelation 7. There's two blessed groups in heaven there's the believers. Revelation chapter 7, beginning with verse number 9. After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations, kindreds, and people, and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and upon the Lamb. In chapter 7, verse number 13, it talks about one of the elders answered me and said, What are these which are arrayed in white robes, robes? and whence come they? And he said unto them, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of the great tribulation. And I washed your robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. So the first were the church-age saints. The second group of believers were those that came out of the tribulation. They have and were going to receive their reward and their rest. In chapter 14, verse number 3, it says that they were redeemed from the earth. Now, how did they overcome? How did they get there? They were overcomers. In chapter 2 and 3, which talks about the seven churches of Revelation, it talks about the group of people that are gonna be overcomers. Chapter two, verse number seven. Chapter two, verse number 26. Chapter three, verse number five. Chapter three, verse number 12. Three, 21, and 21, seven. They were overcomers, and they had the victory. And then in Revelation chapter 15, verse number two, which Pastor Norm talked about a little bit a couple weeks ago, there was a bunch of people standing in heaven And they were the martyred tribulation saints. Slide number 12. Victory is ours. Victory is ours how? Or why? Because God's wrath is going to be poured upon planet earth. And we don't have to be here. We can have eternal victory over the plagues. 21 plagues. And we can have a new name written in heaven and that scene is found in revelations chapter 22 verses 1 through 5 and we'll take our pianist if she would come please revelations chapter 22 verse number one and he showed me a pure river of water of life now, what happened to the water on planet earth it turned into blood but now we see a pure river, water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the land, lamb. And in the midst of the street of it, on either side of the river, there was a tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, But the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no more night. There's no need of candle. And on it goes, the talking about the wonderful place called heaven. How do we get there? We get there because the way has been paved prophets prophesied they were martyred beaten jailed some listened some did not listen Jesus came he was martyred put on a cross put in a grave but he got victory over the grave so that we can have victory in our life. Some listened. Some did not listen. During the days of the tribulation, there's going to be great signs. God trying to get the attention of people. Some will listen. Some will not. How do we get our eternal reward? By being overcomers. Wanted to sing the chorus, Revelations 3:12, He that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. We don't know it. That's my age. But I want you to know that we can be a pillar in God's temple right now. Paul said it this way: Know ye not, know ye not, you are the temple the temple of the Holy Ghost. That's how we're going to make it today. Would you stand with me? Bow our heads and clear our mind for a moment. The book of Revelation is a hard book to read, we say. But John the Revelator tells us that if we would only read that book, we'd be blessed. You may not understand all the terminology, but in the midst of the terminology, there's always a word of blessing for us. And the word of blessing is this. Blessed is he that has part of the first resurrection. Behold, I come as a thief, but blessed is he that hath washed his garments wish we had time this morning we could talk about those garments the robe of righteousness have you put on your garments Lord we give you praise this morning for your word we thank you Lord that we are not a cursed people but that we are a blessed people Thank you, Lord, that we can overcome him, Satan, by the word of our testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. I ask you, Lord, to help us as we think about the wonderful things that you have promised to us. May this gift not only be ours, but may they be to whosoever as we bow our hearts before you this morning speak to us and may we remember some of the words of the book of Revelations chapter 16 as we go through this week and we'll thank you for it in Jesus name Amen as always the altars are open if you'd like to come and spend a few moments around the altars you're welcome to if not Slip out quietly and have a cup of coffee and a cookie, and enjoy your afternoon. May the delights of the Lord be yours this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for a life-changing message at Mount Hope Church in beautiful Gaylord, Michigan. Our prayer is that this message will strengthen and encourage your walk with Christ. Please enjoy this message.